Welcome back to the Resilient Teacher Project. I'm Julie Sohacki, a clinical professor and program director for English secondary education at the University of Hartford. If you want to see more, please like my Facebook page, Simplify, Rejuvenate, Teach. It's where I post podcast episodes and other inspiration for teachers. The Resilient Teacher Project is 30 minutes or less on-the-go professional development segments intended to empower and inspire busy educators. My mission is to grow resilient teacher leaders by offering innovative and inspirational content. All topics are focused somehow on teacher self-care and well-being both in and out of the classroom. Today I'm sharing the latest positive psychology research on resilience. This was eye-opening and life-changing for me. I hope this will deepen your awareness and self-care so that you can become a more resilient educator. If you've been through a significant life event, a life challenge, you will appreciate this even more. As teachers, our goal is to thrive both in and out of the classroom, and resilience actually opens up the door to that sense of thriving. I was lucky enough to attend a workshop with Dr. Maria Sirwa. Dr. Sirwa is an inspirational speaker, consultant, and licensed psychologist who's worked in the fields of wellness and positive psychology for 20 years. As a positive psychologist, she focuses on the resilience of the human spirit, particularly when under chronic stress during significant transitions and through the shock of change. Here is what Maria has to say. First of all, positive psychology studies who we are at our best and the strengths that enable us to thrive. Positive psychology is the study of positive experiences like joy, well-being, satisfaction, contentment, happiness, optimism, and flow. She introduced us to the post-traumatic growth model, the growth of great resilience even under extreme stress. Instead of seeing a resilient person as someone who can bend but not break and who can bounce back to baseline, the post-traumatic growth model goes well beyond that and shows that as a result of the significant challenging life event or as a result of an ongoing significant stressor, the resilient person can become even larger as a result of this event. The challenging event is a profound catalyst for growth, and these challenges that we experience can be anything from a loss of a relationship, loss of home, medical diagnosis, a transition, and even burnout or compassion fatigue in the workplace, and that definitely directly pertains to educators. The question this growth model asks is, how can we actually become better and larger after experiencing significant stress and trauma? And remember, these experiences can be a profound catalyst for growth. Maria found post-traumatic growth evidence in five key areas. Most people who go through a significant event, including burnout, that feeling of hitting rock bottom go through these in the years following the challenging times. I was really able to relate to these. Some of my personal challenges in the last couple of years have been my child receiving a medical diagnosis, relationship issues, and even transitioning from one job to another. We all have them. 
And so these five areas of change and growth are relatable. The first one is increasing sense of inner control and strength. So basically, this this first one asks us, do you feel like you have more strength, that you're able to take control of your own life, that you have that desire and drive to do so? Really, it's the only thing we can control ourselves. So even the sense that instead of looking for outside answers, your inner compass is guiding you. So if you have this increasing sense of inner control and strength, then that would be the first evidence indicator. The second one is interesting. It's having an increased sense of appreciation, looking for the good in everything and savoring the good in life. Many times that's savoring just the little things, the ordinary, looking at the world with kind eyes and seeing the beauty, creativity, and compassion around us. I can really relate to that one. The third growth evidence is that you experience some shifts in your relationships, and this can show up in different ways, and it definitely has for me. You might experience a deepening sense of appreciation for humanity, or your relationship with yourself becomes sacred. You have that feeling of coming home to yourself, and you begin or continue a path of self-love and self-care. Basically, you're kind to yourself. Another way this might show up is that you become really clear about who you're going to spend time with. You realize that life is precious, so you become discerning in your relationships with others. You might clean house and let go of some toxic relationships and invest in those healthy relationships that bring joy and meaning into your life. So this is a big one for some people. Again, the growth evidence here is that you experience some shift in your relationships. The fourth one, you might experience some sort of shift in spirituality. Maybe it's returning to your childhood religion or deepening that religion, perhaps creating a religious practice that works for you, mixing and blending elements of different religions to create your own religious experience. Maria says it can be even as a simple lens shift in sensing life as luminous. I just find that so beautiful, the idea of sensing life as luminous. The fifth and final piece of evidence is an increasing sense of opportunity. You can now see the imperfections in life, but you do it anyway. You move forward anyhow. You realize that you're not in control, but you open your heart anyway. You allow the experimentation of life to flow through you. These five areas of post-traumatic growth evidence really resonated with me. Understanding this model can take someone from feeling like a victim to coming into their own personal leadership. Anyone can become resilient. And we can enhance our resilience through skills, tools, and mind shifts. And that's something that I strive to do through these podcasts. Life is a combination of heaven and hell. Our lives have peaks and valleys. They ebb and flow. Most resilient people know this, and they grow anyway. 
So instead of using the analogy of trees where the resilient person is a willow tree able to bend while the hardwood branches of other trees break under pressure, Maria reminds us of kintsugi. It's an art that dates back to the late 15th century. According to legend, the craft began when a Japanese shogun sent a cracked tea bowl back to China to undergo repairs. Upon its return, the shogun was displeased to find that it had been mended with unsightly metal staples. This motivated contemporary craftsmen to find an alternative, some aesthetically pleasing method of repair, and Kintsugi was born. As a result, the metal staples were replaced by a beautiful gold lacquer. The cracks became even more beautiful than the rest of the bowl. The people marveled at the beauty of its golden scars. I love this analogy because our scars make us more kind, more compassionate, more loving, and more beautiful on the inside and out, just like the bowl. This means we're able to be imperfect and magnificent at the same time. We are actually broken and whole simultaneously. This is amazing to me. Maria then shared one of her daily practices with us. She looks for the best moment throughout her day each night before bed. She pointed out that every day has a best moment. Even a day filled with trauma and pain has a bit of kindness and compassion interwoven in it. This simple practice is powerful enough to actually change our neural connections over time increasing the positive thoughts we have throughout the day, and this leads to more positive thoughts. I can attest that being in a challenging situation with my son this year, who spent many days in the hospital, that I saw the thoughtfulness of our friends and family through visits, texts, cards, gifts, calls, emails, everything. I felt the love and connection that we all have with each other, and even the kindness of the medical staff trying to make the situation better and brighter however they could. Identifying these best moments of the day are key, especially in the worst situations. But by practicing this daily, you'll come to look for the positive in all types of situations, and that's what we need more of. Resilient people lead from their strengths. In times of high stress, it's better to lead from our strengths, but sometimes we forget who we are and what we're made of. Think of one of your strengths right now. Mine is compassion. In times of high stress, it serves me to stay in a compassionate place with myself and others. I can offer my compassion in times of great stress, and I can also cultivate self-compassion and be kind and gentle with myself when I really need more of that. So identify one of your strengths and decide how it can help you in a really tough time and call on your strengths during a tough time. The overall message from Maria Sirwa is that resilience is the doorway to thriving, and we all want to thrive in all areas of our lives. So as we continue together with our resiliency practice, I will bring in more daily practices that will allow us to move into that area of thriving. For now, remember to identify your best moment of the day and to lead with your strengths.
because those are the gifts that we're given to share with the world. How can we all use this information to benefit us? Well, one way is to recognize when times are tough and realize that you can overcome the obstacles and you can actually become better and larger in your life as a result. These challenges lead to growth and growth leads to a sense of thriving. If you feel like you're experiencing burnout right now, then email me at sohacky at hartford.edu, S-O-C-H-A-C-K-I at hartford.edu, and I will send you more information that we will cover in future episodes that may help you right now. And in the meantime, check out Maria's upcoming events on her website, mariasirwa.com, S-I-R-O-I-S. And Maria has some great events coming up. The Resilient Quest, When Life Strikes Hard. That's a five-week webinar series from November 6th through December 4th through the Whole Being Institute. And also through Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health in Lenox, Massachusetts. On December 2nd through the 4th, Maria has a workshop called Teaching for Transformation, Integrating a Positive Psychology Approach to Presenting. If you are an 11th or 12th grade teacher or no one, please listen to this invitation. I would love to meet 11th and 12th grade students on the University of Hartford's campus in West Hartford, Connecticut for a free field trip. University of Hartford has some free events this fall, and you and your students are invited. The Department of English and Modern Languages is sponsoring three incredible readings and would love to host your students on our campus this fall. So stop by and listen to a poet or a novelist. Check out my Facebook page at Simplify Rejuvenate Teach for more information. I'm Julie Sohacky. Please email me with any questions or comments at sohacky at hartford.edu, S-O-C-H-A-C-K-I. And please like my Facebook page, Simplify, Rejuvenate, Teach, where I post the podcast episodes and more inspiration. Thank you as always for joining me. And until next time, take good care.